Welcome to We Lead Radio. Your hosts are June Gunter, Beth Hijack, Christine Erickson, and Morgan Reidenauer. This show is a conversation that will focus on reimagining leadership to meet the reality of 21st century business and life in organizations. The conversation is inspired by timeless, natural wisdom for how to lead through uncertainty. Now, here are the hosts of We Lead Radio. Welcome, I'm Morgan Reidenauer, and this is We Lead Radio. As always, I'm back with my amazing co-host, June Gunter. Hello. Beth Hijack. Good morning, everyone. And Christine Erickson. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership in entrepreneurial organizations. And I am lucky enough to be talking to you today with three very successful entrepreneurs. So I want to toss it over to you guys and ask what leadership qualities, techniques, situations, what leadership strategies have brought you success in your entrepreneurial endeavors? So this is a conversation that's near and dear to my heart. And I I will pull back the curtain a little bit for you all. Uh, Just before this call, we all looked online and said, what's the difference between a small business and an entrepreneurial organization? (laughs) And, uh, you know, we all had a huge aha that entrepreneurs are focused on big ideas and they're willing to put everything at risk to make it happen. And, you know, that reality stares us in the face all day long. And what I can tell you is... It is an adventure, it is thrilling, and there is nothing certain about it. I was sitting on an airplane one time beside Quentin Tarantino, and I remembered something he said. He said, when you're on your own path, there are no paved roads. It's only dirt. And we eat a lot of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're... I was enjoying watching my <laughs> co-host talk about this. Um, and you it's know, the truth. It is <laughs> we wear it, we, we eat wear it. it, we eat it. <laughs> we yes. bring it home in our luggage. I mean, I have dirt from multiple countries and I mean multiple states in my suitcase right now. Um, <sighs> but, you know, the point is, We have learned so much from how horses lead their herds that has really influenced how we have created our business. And um, I think one of the most important decisions we made as a business is we are built on partnerships. We are a network. And we don't have a lot of infrastructure. One of our fundamental um, underpinnings is that we go where the client is. And in order to meet clients where they are, not just metaphorically, but physically, we had to build a network of practitioners and a network of equestrian facilities who share the same philosophy and sense of purpose and commitment and willingness to do whatever it takes to create the right outcome for the people we're serving and a great experience for the horses that we're working with. And we are where we are now as a business because we invested in creating that network. Um, And, you know, you've heard us, if you've heard us say this once, you've heard us say it a hundred times. The secret to our work is to find your herd. And there are a lot of different ways to think about that. But um, I'm really, really thankful for all the people who are a part of the teaching horse facilitation network and all of our equestrian partners and all of our business partners um you know shout out to our friends at the center for creative leadership who have made so much of our work possible and created opportunities for us to work with clients we would have never had the opportunity to work with and that's a partnership we've had for 12 years now um also, shout out to University of North Carolina, Keenan Flagler, Executive Development, and Duke Corporate Ed, and Ingersoll Rand, and so many of the organizations that we work with that um, 
have taken the risk of believing in what we had to offer and what we could deliver. And that's what's made it possible for us to work. And they, they have mentored us and they have helped us grow. And that's what we're going to be focused on with the show today. So I'm going to invite some of my other friends into this eating dirt conversation. <laughs> well, you know, um, we were um, talking earlier um, the pre-show is a lot of fun. And um, Christine mentioned something about really just being with her reality. And I think that is a key quality when you are in an entrepreneurship kind of way of life. It's, uh, and the same thing is with, with the herd of horses. It's, you can't, I mean, you can try and fight reality, but you know, reality is what it is and how are you going to step into it and move forward either as a herd of horses or as an entrepreneur or um, uh, a believer in changing the way that the world is for something else. And I think that's what entrepreneur, the role feels for me is why I'm willing to take the risk. And uh, it's because I believe there is a, better way that is more inclusive for all of us to move forward together and create harmony and unity and sustainability in all areas of life. It's really true. If we didn't have that vision, it would not be worth it. Yeah, I was thinking that while you're uh, speaking, June, that as well as the constant learning, you know, going in and out of different facilities or working Mm -hmm. with different clients or partners, um, how we always say, find your herd. I've been reflecting on that a lot in terms of um, learning to go into the horse culture and how we teach that is a constant. That's what we're constantly doing is going in and out of the cultures of of clients it's what clients are doing in mergers and acquisitions and with each other and i think that opportunity to look at what a collective can look like in an organization and be able to see that lens as an entrepreneur who is always navigating that space how do we enter how do we exit how do we bridge those conversations culturally is a big piece of it for me as well, looking at how do many herds create another herd. I mean, we've seen that demonstrated live at the Wild Horse Sanctuary at Return to Freedom, and and that image really stuck with me in terms of looking at oneness in organizations and that oneness isn't sameness. And when we say find your herd, what does that look like? For me, that looks very different and fluid than it maybe does for engagements I do with teaching horse on a given day. We have networks that look different, but we are constantly moving within that fluidity, that agility, and meeting the reality of what is and then what changes in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think... One of the things I love that actually I think makes our network healthy is that it is so diverse. There's not one school of thought. We, we work sure. with people from different organizations, from different facilities who have different, you know, philosophies. And it all works because we do share some common values. We do share some, a common vision for bringing what horses have to teach us into our communities and as long as that's true we can be flexible and adaptable i was just going to say there's a lot of adaptable leadership yeah um, it's navigation sorry christine it's um it's whether it's with a a client or with the equine facility we're working with it's that collaborative piece that we're that fluidity that you're speaking to, you know, in every one of the places that we go, there is a partnership and it's, and even within teaching course in our networks and our uh, team, there is this evolution and uh, of continual refining our relationships and adapting and learning as we go. It's a, it's not static. Mm-hmm. What a great conversation to start with. When we, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be introducing our guests and, and looking for their perspectives on this question. What does it look like to lead 
in an entrepreneurial business. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Good morning and welcome. I, I have a, an incredible opportunity to introduce you to, to two extraordinary people, and one of them is Ravila Gupta, and Ravila is the president and CEO of the Council for Entrepreneurial Development, and it, people refer to it as CED, and CED connects entrepreneurial companies with high-value resources to accelerate their growth, and Ravila has a passion for helping entrepreneurs forge stronger connection, engage with new partners, and, and she sets st- strategic direction for the organization as well. Um, I met Ravila when she was president of Umicor, and what I remember about Ravila is this is a woman who's willing to take risks and bring people together to achieve new levels of leadership together. Um, she's an absolutely fascinating person. And what I will also tell you about Ravila is she's such an active leader in her community. She's a member of the Raleigh Chamber of Commerce Board. She's also on the board of the Nature Conservancy. She's on the board of the National Association for CEOs. And she's also on the board of the Duke uh, University School of Nursing. So at her core... She prepares people to lead successfully. And you're also going to get a chance to meet Joy and uh, Joy Clark. And what I know about Joy is Joy is a talented people and talent executive who works with leaders to understand themselves and their impact. Um, And, you know, she's got 25 years experience helping high growth technology companies effectively build and manage their human capital. She's worked with QVC, Pensk, Sony Ericsson, Cree, and MaxPoint. So she's at the heart of developing leaders who are in entrepreneurial businesses, and we can't wait to learn from them. So, ladies, welcome. Please say hello to your listeners. Hello. Good morning. Hello. And I imagine these ladies have eaten some dirt as well. So I am going to ask them to um, jump in and just share with us what are some of the challenges the entrepreneurs you work with are facing right now? 
Well, it's Ravila. I'll go ahead and, and start off. Um, you know, as you as you mentioned, um, you know, CED serves as a network to connect entrepreneurs. So we see entrepreneurs um, that come with ideas all the way up to growth stage. And sort of a common thing that we see in terms of their challenges of leading um, their organizations is they're usually the founder. They're usually the one with the great idea, the one with the passion and the energy. And they get to a certain point where they're now creating a business. And they may not be the right person to lead the organization at that point in time. So what we've noticed or what I've seen sort of firsthand is that challenge of, you know, when is the right time for me to step off and give the reins over to somebody that is experienced in running a business and now making those decisions that need to be made. Um, you know, when do you, when you suddenly need an HR manual, the world changes a lot. And to, to be self-aware enough to understand that um, you may not be the right person to take the organization forward, um, you know, going forward with it. So. Well, that hits yeah, home, my it. friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As much as my team wants you to really shut up now. <laughs> That's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, I got it. How about you, Joy? Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. I, I think also entrepreneurs, you know, continuing the analogy, have a big appetite for dirt. So it doesn't bother them. Um, they kind of that like it. That is awesome. Um, oh, my gosh. That's the best, right? Oh. You're so hit the nail on the head. Gold star for you, yeah, Joy. Yeah, they do. It, it doesn't bother them. So it's sometimes it's hard for them to recognize the messy buildup. Um, and, and like Ravila said, when it's time to bring other folks in um, and when it's time to slow down and stop reacting and breathe a little bit and take some space. Um, so that they can realize I'm eating a lot of dirt now. <laughs> it might be time to think about how to manage the dirt. Um, and at the same time, they have a big conflict of not wanting to organize the dirt out of their organization. They do like it a little bit messy and don't want it overly organized. So having that right balance between having enough dirt around but having it well managed, um, I think is a big challenge for entrepreneurial leadership. You know, I work with a lot of clients now that are wrestling with exactly the issue you speak of, which is they're growing and they know they need to do things differently and they don't want to lose their entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. What advice would you offer organizations that are dealing with that? Yeah, I, I hear it all the time. Um, and, and I think it, oftentimes HR is kind of the, the poster child for organizing it out of an organization and being the biggest mm -hmm. threat um, to maintaining that entrepreneurial spirit. And I think really spending time as, as a leader and innovator, being very clear about who you are as a leader, what is the purpose of your organization, what are the sacred things about this organization, mm -hmm. and then building just enough infrastructure to maintain it so that it can grow, doing it thoughtfully and slowly, um, but a lot of folks will overcorrect and they'll try to, to build for a, you know, $2 billion company when they just need to get payroll every week. Um, so really taking things in incremental steps and not trying to do it all at once for sure. Awesome. What wisdom would you want to offer the entrepreneurs who are listening to this conversation right now, Ravila? I think the most important thing I've seen is, is um, a real desire to be coachable. Um, the network that, that, exists in this area for entrepreneurs is, is amazing, and there's a lot of people that want to help, and we're always looking to see whether or not the entrepreneur that is seeking our help from the network is coachable. Are they willing to listen to the feedback, and not just hear it, but actually listen to it, and to make whatever course corrections are necessary based upon that feedback? So a lot of times we run across entrepreneurs that are not coachable, and we recognize that and realize that maybe you know, in a while, after they've had some more experience, they will be more coachable. But I would say that that's the thing that, that I, I would offer and I see the most of is this, um, you know, it's a natural entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, you created a business and sometimes don't want, to be, don't want to be told something or hear something. And so I would just offer that up as, as probably the thing I, I see the most as being um, a key to success. So what does... You know, for all, I have a hunch that I have a lot of fellow travelers who are listeners. What does coachable look like? That's a good question. 
coachable looks like you are willing to listen very intently, not be defensive, um, seek out different opinions. You know, you, you can go to a group of people that say exactly what you want them to say, and that's okay, but you're not going to gain from that experience. So um, seeking out the advice of others that you know, may not be who you would normally turn to, and uh, reflecting on that, listening to it, reflecting on it, honoring it as a gift that it is that's been given to you, and integrating that within um, your strategy and who you are as a leader. Excellent, excellent advice. So one of the things that I know you have spoken to us about and, you know, I've watched you live it is about being nimble and mm-hmm. cautious. Tell me about when you've seen that look healthy from your perspective from an entrepreneur. I think one of the things entrepreneurial companies will always be doing is making changes and pivots. It's part of the entrepreneurial journey. Um, you, know, you start off in a certain direction and you need to course correct, as Joy had mentioned, and you need to pivot. And it and it's knowing that it's knowing that that's okay and that's part of the that's part of the journey of creating your company, and um, not getting so entrenched in a certain way of thinking or a certain vision that you had for your your you know your dream, and being being able to be nimble on your feet with those those pivots, and then more importantly being able to manage through the change that comes with those pivots. Um, I've seen it happen. Many times with the companies that we have been helping, I've seen it um, firsthand within CED itself where we've made um, some changes in strategy and, um, you know, we operate as a startup ourselves and to be able to have that that nimble spirit um, and to be, as I would say, appropriately cautious. You know, there's a certain degree of, um, you know, you have to understand you are taking a risk and to at least prepare for the downside. And that might be the lawyer and me speaking, I don't know. But um, if you prepare for the downside, then, you know, everything else is upside. So um, just understand that, that there are risks and understand what the Im- impact of the risk would be. And as long as you've thought that through, um, you know, you can be, that's, that's what I term to be appropriately cautious. You know, so just, Revila, you know, that's one of the things that yeah. I've always enjoyed about you. You, my friend, are a bundle of contradictions. You have an engineering and a law background, and you run an entrepreneurial organization. No one ever puts those three things together. You are constantly reinventing yourself, which I think is fascinating. What helps you do that? Um, People say I'm very entrepreneurial in my career. Um, So I am a lifelong learner, and I'm most fascinated by something I don't know about anything about. Um, Clearly. For me, if if there's a career path that is completely nothing I know about, that's where I want to go. I want to learn it. I want to figure it out. I want to master it um, and make an impact in it. And so that to me is exciting. How about for you, Joy? Tell me some of the wisdom that you would offer in terms of how to be nimble, especially because you've worked with some of the larger organizations. How do they, what, what advice would you give for companies that are in later stage growth? Yeah, I would echo a lot of what Revila says. It just kind of changes as the organizations grow, but there are a lot of the same tenants. Um, I find in the smaller organizations and the larger ones that folks or leaders are typically more interested in taking technology or innovation risks uh, and finding that nice sweet spot on the nimbleness and the cautiousness when it's in their comfort zone of technology or science or whatever their area of innovation is. But when it comes to people issues or organizational infrastructure or the finance or the business development, that's where they tend to either get really brazen or really cautious and kind of lose that trust in themselves that they have um, in their area of expertise. So my advice would be, you know, you, you got to this place Trust what got you here. Um, and just like in a scientific process, people ask for help and they invite credible critics in. Doing the same thing on the organizational matters is equally important. We have a, a person who is a part of Teaching Horse. And, um, you know, I have to give a shout out to Tula Usuljoglu because people see me as Kirk, but Tula is Spock. And I will tell you, 
we would be dead without her uh, being able to put infrastructure in place that helps us grow, you know, at a reasonable rate. So uh, I understand what it means to bring people with different perspectives and then trust them. Exactly. And I think that that can be the folly of the entrepreneur at times is to not trust the others. Um, right. And then when, when, they, when that lack of trust is met and the disappointment, it can feed on itself. So giving the trust Wise away words. and accepting it. Yeah. Wise words, Miss Joy and Revila. And we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about networks, mentors, and growth plans. Stay tuned. We'll see you after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with Revilla, excuse me, and Joy. I'm a little bit jet, uh, jet lag right now. We're in Denver. And, uh, about what it's like to be an entrepreneur and how they are helping entrepreneurs navigate uh, the life of, a nav- uh, of an entrepreneur and the uncertainty and which uh, comes with that, which we know is a lot of dirt eating. And Reveal, I'm sorry, I'm so tired. Okay. Um, I would love to start with you uh, to share a story with us about your experience with the horses because what I heard in the last segment was something I see happen every time when we uh, work with people and the horses. It's a a willingness to be coached. It's about being nimble, uh, the ability to pivot, uh, changing your strategies and um, a certain level of appropriate cautiousness. So love to hear how those things might have come up for you and or whatever with your experience with the horses. Sure, I'd love to, love to chat about that. So I'm not sure if, if June remembers or not, but when I did the horse experience it was a couple of years ago, um, I, I'm terrified of horses. Was absolutely afraid to do this whole thing. Yeah, you know, and I pulled my leadership team together, and everyone was very excited about it. And I kept thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to show up in front of my team and be so afraid of these horses? And you know, it was a lot of anxiety leading up to the up to the um, the event down mm-hmm. in Selma. 
And I remember walking into the into the area where the horses were and just thinking, you know, like this is a chance to conquer my fears. This is a chance to deal with what's what I'm so afraid of, but yet I see everybody else doing and everybody else enjoying. And uh, and I remember June telling me that the horses were an instant feedback mechanism, and I kept thinking, if I'm going to go do this, they're just going to sense my fear, and they're going to go away from me, and it's going to become a terrible experience for me. So I took everything I had in me and approached it with a sense of, you know, this is what life is about. This is about, you know, meeting your fears, um, understanding that they are just in your mind um, and looking to see how everybody else was so comfortable and just going forward into that, into the fear. And I'm not sure if it came across or not, but it was a really monumentous moment for me to do that and to walk up to the horse and to pet it. Now, the first time I did it, the horse pulled away from me. And I remember June coming up and saying, now she's sensing it, she's, she's sensing your fear, just relax. And I did. I relaxed into my fear, and then the horse came up to me. And it was a, for me, it was a beautiful moment because people, if you understood how scared I was, you, you would have known what a big deal it was for me to actually touch the horse. Um, and at that moment in time, I was so happy that I was able to conquer this this fear and just so elated at what I was able to do. And nobody else knew about it um, except perhaps June. But um, so for me, that was just just huge. And I actually have a picture of me petting the horse next to my bedside and I wake up every morning and I see that picture. And it's a reminder to me of there are scary things out there in life, but if you relax into it and you prepare and, you know, and you go with what life has to offer to you, there can be great joy. So it's, it was a really important moment for me to, to experience that. I remember that. Was it Galen or Yanni? It was Yanni. It was Yanni. Yanni. And I also have you yeah. standing beside that supersized love muffin that we have, Galen, who's yeah. seven, eight yeah. feet tall, with yeah. uh, just the courage and confidence to move forward with your team on that day. It was a, it was a pretty amazing experience to watch it from my mm-hmm. perspective also. And it yeah. it's greets us to a really nice point about, you know, mentors and networks come in the most unexpected places and um, would love to hear a little bit from you and Joy about uh, what insights you would offer us about how to better use our network's mentors uh, to grow our organizations. Sure, I I can take that one. Um, Mentors are absolutely critical. I've had the most amazing mentors in my career, and you know, through CED, we offer um, a lot of mentoring services to our entrepreneurs. And I think that what I've seen uh, most of all, there's two things that I've seen with mentoring, is sometimes people don't know what to ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, mentors are there to help, and they want to help. We have such an amazing group of mentors in this region that want to help our growing companies. Um, but a lot of times an entrepreneur will get in front of the mentor tell him his story, you know, share the PowerPoint presentation and just end. And then mm-hmm. we have to say, well, what are you asking for? What do you need help with? So it's that ability to to step out there and say, I need help with X. I really need right. your guidance. It's a, it's a bit, puts you in a bit of a vulnerable position, but it's really important because the mentor wants to help, but they need to know what, what to help with. And the other, the other thing I've seen or, or I've, I, I, I really talk to people about with networking is because my, my career was founded on networking. That's, that's essentially how I've made all my jumps and really grown my career. Um, and I've always made it a rule to focus on the person that I'm talking to, and it's not about what can I get from them or, you know, mm-hmm. or looking through them to see who else is in the room. But each person is so unique and has such an amazing story that I take the time to get to know them as a person. And that, to me, is the most effective mentoring because they will remember that, that, that feeling that they will have about you caring about them and, and, and that their journey was so inspiring and so interesting. Um, I just love talking to people about their journeys in life. You can learn so much. So, so that would be you the two I, pieces of advice I give men, with mentors. You and I share that that uh, DNA, really, because <clears throat> anytime I have the opportunity to talk to anyone about who they are, it's just, you never know what you're going to discover. And I think that one of the things I've seen come up in a lot of our groups is this idea of networks and that 
trying to shift what they currently originated as, you know, um, what can I get? Who can I meet? And what can I get to mm-hmm. how can I use this or how can I participate in a way where it's like a herd of horses? How can we help each other? How can we move forward? Exactly. And, yeah. and the other thing is, and I'm wondering if you experienced this um, around mentors. I think that one of the things that has surprised me around mentors is that mentors can be a 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if there's this whole, uh, at least for us, the um, millennials, sorry, Morgan, um, <laughs> we, we look to different generations expertise to help mentor us as a as we grow our business and i'm wondering if anything like that is similar to what you all are experiencing with different mentors absolutely i I think redefining how we think about mentors is critical um when I worked at Max Point, my team was pretty much all millennials, and a lot of our employee population was as well because we hired a lot of people with less than two years of experience, and that was a new experience for me, and I think I learned more from them than they learned from me um, by the way that they work, the way that they use technology, the way that they solve problems, their level of commitment, and what mm-hmm. their levers and currency are to tap into that commitment. Um, was a really powerful learning experience for me. Um, and, and I would add, too, just that looking for mentors and networks in non-traditional places, usually through some kind of service, I think mm-hmm. is very powerful. Um, I know I'd, I'd worked with um, Keenan Flagler doing some executive coaching years ago um, when I was at Cree, and because the organization, Cree, thought openly about how to engage in the community, I was then able to do this coaching and learn so much from the coaching clients that I could bring back into the organization in terms of new ways of thinking about things and solving problems that never would have happened in a more traditional environment. You know, I think that is such an important part of what helps us be successful is that we are routinely exposed to people who think differently than us. And mm-hmm. and if we weren't, we would get stale. Yeah. So okay. if you would um, share a little bit about your perspective on growth and how to approach growth for a entrepreneurial business and what leading towards growth means. Uh, one of the things that, that I noticed working in HR and organizational design and development and organizational transformation is that a lot of folks um, think too small. So when we're doing these organizational design projects or even conversations, um, leaders will often solve for today instead of solving for tomorrow or a year from now or three years from now. And so they build the organi- they want to build in on the organization of yesterday <laughs> And so um, I think if we, if we think beyond just what we can imagine is possible, then we build the organization that we really need for the coming year. So I, I think that's a big one is, is thinking a little bit bigger and a little bit broader and not waiting too long to bring in infrastructure on critical things. I, I hear a lot, oh, we just need a recruiter. We're down nine engineers or scientists or fill in the blank. And a little bit of effort around brand building, a little bit of effort around an applicant tracking system, a little bit of effort around some meetups so that you could find the right kinds of people to work in your company, um, then create a line of people who want to work for you later. Um, but if we wait and take the, I just need a, a recruiter path, we, we tend to be a little bit disappointed in the outcome, um, and then we wonder why. Um, so getting ahead of it, I think, is a good idea. There's this great phrase that June uses all the time is everything that you know, everything that is known is in the past. And you were just speaking to how a lot of companies like to stay with what they know instead of moving forward. So I think that's wise words of offerings that you give there. How about for you, Ravila? What's the secret to sustainable growth? 
So I think, um, I, you know, I agree with a lot of what, what Joy mentioned. Entrepreneurial companies, I mean, their, their history is that they're, they're very quick and nimble and they're always solving a current problem today. So they're not often thinking about two years from now because they don't know they're going to be around two years from now. So it's about just get through today. Um, as they start growing, that mentality can really, I think, hinder um, getting getting good infrastructure in place, building for the future, thinking about what the vision of the company is long term. So so used to the day to day problem solving, fighting the fires. You know, they say the entrepreneur is somebody that starts building the parachute as they jump out of the plane. You know, <laughs> so that's that's the kind of mentality that you know you're going into building a long term business with. Um, and so that I think is where sometimes they get in trouble is that they're they're always in that mode. And that's what we had mentioned earlier is you have to be very self-aware to realize, okay, I need somebody in that's going to help me grow and help me put in the infrastructure for the long term. Well, I I can't tell you how appreciative we are to hear your perspective. And when we come back from the break, we're going to ask for a final thought, and then we're going to share what we've learned from being in conversation with you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to wrap up our conversation. It's been a wonderful experience talking about entrepreneurship today with Ravila Gupta and Joy Clark. Now, I'd invite each of you, if you have a closing thought or takeaway you'd like to share with our listeners today. Um, sure. I think um, one thing that uh, that um, has been important to me and, and um, a very dear friend of mine um, gave me a gift that had the, a saying on it that said, leap and the net shall appear, and said that I, that's how I lived my life. And and I love that. Um, I like the fact that, you know, um, that that sentiment was applied to me, and I think a lot of our entrepreneurial companies follow that. But I guess what I would say in terms of leading organizations, it's nice to, to be able to leap and, and, and believe that the net will appear, but I think it's always good to know that somebody's down there helping you construct a net as well. So um, yes. I would just say that, you know, the, the growth, you know, that, that taking that, that leap of faith and having the passion is what's going to fuel these companies. But 
somewhere along the line, you're going to need to make sure there's a net builder somewhere for you. So, mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think I would bring it kind of full circle back to the dirt, um, you know, leading <laughs> and you. working and being in entrepreneurial companies is really messy work and it's great fun too. And um, taking that mess at times and that dirt and taking the time to think and just sit in it for a little while instead of just acting with, um, you know, all the passion that entrepreneurs bring. Um, just taking a little bit to sit in it and then act from that place of focus and balance and trust and listening and incorporating all the things that we've talked about today, then that, that balance guides you, you know, guides the entrepreneur with the passion that they have innately inside them. Um, I think it takes a little bit of that grounding and focusing to get to it. That's a really great reminder. Thank you so much for that. Yes, that, that pause and listening for that guidance and kind of integrating, letting things settle for a bit before we act again. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful reminder. Thank you for that. Well, thank you so much, each of you, for those words of wisdom. I'm going to shift to my co-hosts. And as we reflect on this conversation today, I think um, there are so many layers that we've lived or that we have the opportunity to reconsider today. Um, what stood out for you all? You know, when I reflected on Revealus experience with the horses Mm -hmm. it's such a reminder of who entrepreneurs are and who she was you you lean into the thing that um causes you fear in some way shape or form and what i also remember about revila is right after she made a real connection that allowed that fear to dissipate and Within very short order, she let go of that story that it was something to be afraid of and literally jumped into a lead mare role with her team, with those horses, as if she had been doing it her whole life. And that's really the power of looking reality in the face and then letting go what you thought was true that's not and then just move forward. Yeah, kind of dissolving those blocks or those perceived blocks. Go ahead, Morgan. What are your reflections? You know, I'm really thinking about, um, (laughs) I'm really struck by this idea of leap and the net will appear, but also hire a net builder. And (laughs) to me, that's such a, a perfect combination of taking risks and putting yourself out there and taking those leaps, but also making sure that you're building that network, that team, that herd with the talents, with the diversity to support you. And that balance, I think, is, is what's really sticking with me today. Yeah, wonderful. And, and that that changes the landscape of what we're doing and who we need to do that. I think really honoring the changes that we need to make when we need to make them as well. Sometimes it's a different type of net, but still a net. And I think some of the the parting words again about taking time to sit in that dirt, stepping back and getting perspective, allowing a new perspective for growth is so vital. I think when we're in it with our head down and kind of at the grind of it all, it's 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 hard to remember that. It has to be really intentional to step back and take that pause. One of the um one of the ways, and I, I believe this is an art, is for leaders to learn how to pause long enough to where clarity can emerge and at the same time not be anxious to make a decision too quickly and rescue yourself from the discomfort that you're feeling. Because a lot of times when we make a decision, it's out of fear rather than out of clarity. And we decide prematurely when what we really need to do is just sit down in the dirt for a minute. Hmm. Um, and, and I work very hard to try to make decisions that leave the most possibility open to me. Hmm. And that takes a lot of guts to live in that constant lack of closure. Um, I think 
the biggest thing that keeps going through my mind right now is there, I really like to look at other companies that I uh, admire for what they're doing either uh, in uh, an area that we work in leadership or in innovation. And it's like, and they started out with that entrepreneurial spirit. And it's like, how did they maintain it? I really think about, I mean, I am a huge Apple product user lover. And it's like, was Steve Jobs coachable? How do they, how did they create a culture? Was it functional? You know, I would love to see what Reveal and Joy would, how they would, well, how Steve Jobs would deal with a herd of horses. <laughs> you know, I, I just look at these companies that, that I use their products and I think what they have done is amazing. I think Google's amazing. And, um, different apps and so I'm wondering it's like what what kept their fire going or did they just become they lose that entrepreneurial spirit and get turned into something else well this has been a great conversation and thank you so much for listening we hope that you too our listeners will join this conversation and tell us what keeps you going what strategies what techniques create success in your own entrepreneurial endeavors or what have you seen what do you think we'd love to hear from you and you can tweet us at we lead radio or email us at leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com contact us tell us about your thoughts your opinions we'll come back next time and talk to you next monday thanks reveal and joy Thank you for listening to We Lead Radio. Be sure to join your hosts, June Gunter, Beth Hijack, Christine Erickson, and Morgan Ridenauer next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And we'll see you on this same path next week.